0: If you are newer here, if you maybe don't even know the Lord, or if you've known the Lord for a long time, the God who is our creator has a plan and a destiny for our lives, and that involves drawing closer to Him, being more full of Him, being united with Him in fellowship, being more full of joy and peace, and outworking His presence into everything that we touch. And that's what we're called to. That's what I'm called to. Is what you're called to. Is what we're all called to together. And so our mission this year is to get planted, get more deeply rooted, that we would be connected together, that we would be full of the life of God, and that we would be sending that life of God outside of these walls, and that people's lives would be impacted by it. So we're going to look um, this morning at being prepared. We're in a season of winter when we're on an agricultural theme, when this is a time of preparation. No one is, no farmers are planting seeds right yet. There's no harvest really right yet. I'm sure some people may correct me on this afterwards. I'm sure there is some crazy exception to this rule. But this is a time of preparation. And preparation is really, really important. And so we're going to read here from Psalm 92 and we're going to read a passage from Psalm 65 also as we get ready to study. So here we go in Psalm 92. You can follow along with me here. This is what the psalmist says here. He says, You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Okay, we'll just stop there. Um, whoa, that was loud. We'll just stop there for a second. We've got a lot of uh, imagery in Psalms. There's a lot of metaphors Um, a lot of anthropomorphism, um, so that is using physical terms to express non-physical characteristics. We talk about the hand of God. We don't really see a physical hand, but when the psalmists talk about that, they talk about how God places his guiding presence upon us, and he oversees and helps steer us and protect us. And so, the psalmist here is talking about um, our horn being exalted, and in your notes, what that what the uh, Bible translators have told us is that Horn is talking about strength. And so the psalmist is saying, he has increased my strength. He's lifted up my strength. He's given me strength which I didn't have. And then the same way that Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It wasn't that Paul was just an amazing person, although I think he was pretty amazing. But he said that, all that he did, he did because it was Christ in him. And so we begin when, when God is speaking to his people and he's telling us that he will increase our strength like that of a wild ox. Now, when is the last time anybody here saw a wild ox? Not too many wild oxes in St. Charles. Um, but, I'm, but I can tell you this, a wild ox is a pretty strong creature. And so what God is saying to you and I is that when we lack strength, He is there to increase our strength. He goes on to say, fine oils have been poured on me. Again, when is the last time anybody here had fine oil poured, poured on them? Not too much of that going on these days. But it was customary in the culture in which the psalmist was writing that when you were a guest of honor in someone's home at a banquet, they would anoint your head with oil. Now, I don't fully know why they did that, but they did. Um, we don't do that today. I'm glad because I have oily enough hair as it, as it is anyway. And the last thing I want is someone dumping a bunch of oil on my head. But to them, it was a cleansing thing. It was a sign of honor being bestowed on someone. An anointing was, being asso- was associated with passing on a mantle, with giving someone authority And so if I was to anoint Joshua, if a prophet was to anoint someone, they would look in their eyes and they would pour this oil over them and there would be the sense of commissioning that you were imparting someone, something to someone else. And so God is imparting his attributes, his power, and his spirit upon his people. That's what he's doing. He still does it today. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. Awesome. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Here it is, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Now in Psalm 65, which when Dan kicked off the season, he read um, also, we read this passage in verse 9, which is continuing a similar theme, and it says, you visit the earth and cause it to overflow. You greatly enrich it. The stream of God is full of water. You prepare their grain, so that's the people of God, and thus you prepare the earth. And we're going to talk about the power and the necessity of preparation this morning. Who knows that whenever you're going to embark on something, preparation is a real key to your success. I got a story about preparation. When uh, Diana and I came uh, on Bible College about 20 years ago, when I came over to this country, um, one of the people that was part of the program that I was involved in Was an amazing Bible teacher. And he came from a ministry that was birthed out of a campus revival. And his passion was to see college students captivated by God, giving their lives to Jesus, living a radical life. And that was his mission. You know that um, if you can capture someone in that all important time of life, that kind of 16 to 24, then that's often when we're forming what our lives are going to be like. And it's a really important target area. So this guy was passionate about reaching young people, and we were involved in our church at the time. We planted a campus ministry. We started this young adult group, and there was a buzz, and lots of young adults were coming. And this guy, who was an amazing teacher and was the head over this, he was really excited about this, but he wanted to be relevant. Now, while he was reaching people who were 18, 19, 20 years old, he himself was actually about 45 years old. And this particular guy, you know, it just was a genetic thing. Um, He was mostly bald, and he had white hair and a fully white beard. He was about my age. And, you know, sometimes when life kind of deals you a little bit of a unfortunate hand of cards in some areas, it's better just to roll with it and just leave it, just leave it as it is. Um, I wish that there were a lot of different things about me. I wish I had a bit more hair. I wish I wasn't so thin, but you know what? We've got to just be happy with how God has made us and, and leave it at that. But this man was not quite happy with it. And there was this big kickoff event was really important to our ministry. Tons of students and young people were going to be there and he really desperately wanted to be relevant. He had a message to bring. The message was powerful but he felt that he would be more effective in delivering the message if he looked a little more youthful himself. And so in his preparation for this message, part of his preparation for the message to connect was to change his appearance so he could be a little more youthful. And so he decided that he would dye his hair dark, dark brown. Now, I don't sh- I'm not sure he had done this before, and the necessary and correct preparation that was needed to effectively dye one's hair was not undertaken correctly. I don't understand the dynamics. I've actually never dyed my hair. But he went about with his wife's help, they, they did it themselves over the sink, all the dye went in, hair and beard, and then the, you know, I guess you put some kind of cap on or whatever, you just leave it, you let it do its thing, and then you wash the remains out. And so he decided for the best effect that he would do this just prior to when he had to get on stage and preach to this group of young people. And so, his message was well prepared, but he, but he felt as the bringer of the message, he needed some preparation to effectively deliver the message, and so just before he was about to get in the car, they went through the hair dyeing process, the getting ready, the clock is ta- counting down, and then he whips off the, the cap, they start rinsing out the excess, he then shows his head and his face, and we have a full-on leopard man. He had these like black spots with a kind of whitish yellow hair. He was the evangelical Dennis Rodman. (laughs) It was awesome. It was a sight to behold. But unfortunately, 20 years ago, I didn't really have a cell phone camera like I do now. I have no record of this. It's only a story that is brought up from time to time that we discuss with great joy each time because it was so awesome, but there was nothing that could be done. He had to get in the car and go, and so he did his best. He put on a baseball cap, which you shouldn't ever preach in a baseball cap, as you all know. It's clearly laid out in the Bible, um, <laughs> but, but it was the best he could do, but the, the sad thing was that he had not prepared well. The message was good, what he wanted to do was really unnecessary, but through his poor preparation, it hampered the delivery of his message. And if we are going to be powerful in this season of being planted, if we're going to see a harvest, we need to be careful and be well prepared. And we're going to look at some principles this morning about being well prepared as we move on into a season of planting. We're going to be doing some planting this year. We're going to be planting seeds. We're going to have um, a ministry come in and train us in evangelism. I'm really excited to share some of that. We're just finalizing those things. We're going to be planting seeds. We're going to be watering seeds, and we're going to be seeing a harvest. But before we do that, we have to make sure that we are well prepared, that we prepare the soil. Because as we just read in Psalm 65, if we can have it up again, The psalmist says, you prepare their grain, and thus you prepare the earth. If the seed is going to take well, we need to make sure that the soil is well prepared. And the soil of our hearts, if we're going to sow effective seed, needs to be well prepared. So let's take a little look at that this morning. I want to ask you, when we're in the subject of being well prepared, I want to ask you, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? Let's go back to Psalm 92, when we're looking at what the promise of God is for you and I. And we read here, my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries, and my ears have heard of the rout of my wicked my ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. Now, let's look at this a little bit more closely. The psalmist here is talking about something that was going to happen. He had seen the intervention of God. He had seen God breaking in on his life, but he recognized as he looked forward that there were battles that he was coming from and battles that he was going to. And he speaks about what he had heard. I have heard about it. There are some things he, was see- he had seen, but there were some things that had happened that he hadn't seen, but he had heard about. And for you and I in this season, there are things that we're coming from, but there are also things that we're going to hear about that we haven't yet seen. And we have a choice when we hear about what we do with what we hear. Amen? And I want to ask you this morning, what are you hearing? Because hearing is really, really important. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus talks about this, and he's speaking to a large crowd here, and he says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this just sounds a bit weird to me. That's like saying, if anyone, if, anyone has, if anyone has the ability to hear, then use your ability to hear. But if you have the ability to hear, surely you're hearing. But he goes on to, and says to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you and those and to you who hear, more will be given. So, there's a group of people here. They're all hearing the same thing, but Jesus is identifying that there are different types of hearing. Now, anybody here who has kids, raise your hand for me. Can you attest like me, that like Jesus told us already, there are different types of hearing? Yes? Those of us who have kids are at a massive advantage here to understanding the kingdom of God (laughs) Um, because we can understand the difference between hearing and listening. Anybody else know about this? Yes. So this happens uh, with some degree of frequency in my household. Um, I may give an instruction, and it might be something that goes like this. We may be at the dinner table, and one of my children will say, can I play on the PlayStation? And so then I will give an answer which everybody hears. Now, some people may hear it. Some people might actually be listening to what I'm saying. So I might give an answer like this. It says, sure, you can play on the PlayStation once you have cleared the dishes and tidied your room and taken your laundry out of the dryer. Now, the amazing thing is that while everybody heard that, some people were only listening to the first part where I said, yes, you can play on the PlayStation. (laughs) And the following three qualifications that are necessary for playing on the PlayStation were not heard. Why? Because those children were not listening to what was being said. And so, how does this affect us? So, in this crowd, everybody could hear what Jesus said, but not everybody was listening to what Jesus said. And so what he said, he he realized the importance of what's happening. He realized there were people that were hearing words of life. There were the teachers, there were the Pharisees, the people who thought they knew the word of God. He knew that they were hearing it. And we kind of look at this lightly now, but he was taking it seriously. And he said to the whole room, he said to the whole crowd of people, take care about what you hear. Because he knew some of the people there that didn't want to listen to what he was saying would push aside what he was saying and ultimately it would result in their separation from him and it would result ultimately in death. Other people who would hear the same thing would choose to listen to it and take it to heart and it would result in life ever after. Take care, take heed with what you hear. And as we're in a process of preparation and we're getting ready for sowing, we're getting ready for a harvest, we're going to be doing some pruning, ouch. We have to take care what it is that we are hearing. For some of us, we have to choose to shut out things that we have heard. And for others of us, and we may also be in both camps, we have to choose to listen, accept things that we are hearing. You know, in Proverbs, it was Solomon, I believe, who said in Proverbs, in Proverbs 22 and 24, he says this, Do not associate with a man given to anger, or go with a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Let's read it again. Do not associate with a man given to anger, or go with a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. What is the writer saying here? He's saying this, that you become what you behold. If you, will, if you will let voices that are being spoken around you, if you will let them take hold in your heart, if you will become part of that process, then you are going to create a snare for yourself. So if you, here's an example, and I saw this at the company I used to work for. If you have somebody who is a negative person and then you put them in a department of 50 people starting afresh, I guarantee by the end of the week, everybody else who is negative in that department will have become friends and found this person (laughs) without fail. Now, conversely, if you have somebody who is optimistic, who is positive, who is a go-ahead type of person, and in that same division, those people likewise, they will have found and they would have connected that person. And so, for me... And for us, we have to recognize what is being said, we have to recognize what we have heard, and we have to choose what we are going to partner with. And I believe, and this has been spoken before, um, that there are some things that we need to make a choice that we're going to reject in order to move forward. To move forward in life, there may be some things that we have heard that we perhaps have decided to agree with and partner with, we're gonna to have to shut that voice off, we're gonna to have to leave it behind, or we're gonna to have to go in the opposite direction. Dan, I think, shared that uh, at the beginning of the year, um, he woke up in this is Dan the Senior, leader of the of the church here. He's in the UK right now, for those of you who are not familiar with him or maybe newer among us. Um, he uh, was woken in the night And just in that place before your kind of natural um, thinking and awareness comes in, he felt the Holy Spirit say to him, don't touch dead things. Sounded like a a kind of a strange thing. And he inquired of the Lord um, and felt that um, things that once were alive, but now are not alive. There's something from a different time, therefore a different area it was something in the past, it was alive, but now it's dead, it's time to let that go, stop touching it, and move on. But if we hold on to things that were once alive, but are now dead, then we are going to be susceptible to, the, to that voice and those things, which are things from our past. And we've got to make a commitment to leave those voices which we know we're not to partner with behind and choose to move forward with the things that we are supposed to hear. So choose what you hear and keep hearing. All right, so we've talked about shutting out voices. We've talked about being careful on what we hear and leaving things behind. So what do? What are the voices that we want to hear? be listening to and inclining ourselves to. Let's take a look at this right now. We shut out other voices, but we put His voice on repeat. So in 2 Peter verse 1, I love this passage. This is is how we build. We've talked about what we need to stop doing. Let's talk about what we need to continue and, and, and perhaps start doing. 2 Peter verse 1. You can tell that Peter had lived and experienced the divine power of God, which he is speaking about here. This is the man whose life was transformed, who went in a 50-day period of time with being the one who, re- who, who denied Christ, rejected him, to be the one that brought in the first initial amazing harvest. And he says this, he says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that by them or so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world caused by evil desires. And so we... We now have this picture that Peter is releasing, he's he's, he's talking to the church, he was talking to the group of believers at the time, but the principle of what he is saying applies still to us today. It is that God has given us His divine power. He has given us the ability to know Him, to be full of His presence by the Holy Spirit. He's called us by His glory and goodness, and then He's given us promises. Now, He's given us promises through His Word, which are promises to all of us, but also God gives us promises often specific to us. We believe that God speaks to us specifically and gives us specific instructions. There are times in my life where God told me to do specific things. There's a time when He said, when I inquired of Him, and uh, I had a heart to move to America, go to Bible school. I prayed about it, and I felt God say, yes, move to America. And, and for you and I, God speaks to us in specific ways as well. He wants to do that. Anybody here that is holding on to promises of things that God has spoken to you, I want to encourage you that you can prepare for this season by choosing to hold on to and to chew on those promises. Because it is, as we read through these promises, that we participate in God's nature. It is through the promise. And the way to be well prepared for this next season is to be Listening and being changed by the promises that we've been given. To be dwelling on them, to be feeding on them, to be choosing to believe them even when it doesn't feel like they're true. Has everyone been in a situation where you have to tell yourself that something is true when it doesn't feel like it's true? Amen? Yes. We gotta, we've got to choose what we're going to listen to, we have to choose how we hear. Because there are voices that we have to say, I'm not partnering with that. And then there are voices which we have to say, I am going to partner with this. What I want to do now is take a minute. I believe Joshua earlier um, felt that there was an instruction that the Lord was giving us um, to do with finding breakthrough. And I believe it's connected to what we've been what we've been talking about now. So we're going to pause. I'm going to ask you if you would to stand with me. Um, And uh, if I can have some accompaniment up here, maybe Sue or Wes or both, and I'll take the mic here. But I want to pray. I want to have some time where we can release something because I believe God is going to do something that is really um, powerful uh, this morning. So Joshua, can I ask you just to share quickly what you felt earlier on? Yeah,
1: you're on uh to get where we want to go to get to those promises. There's the dead stuff, the old things, the things we've listened to that we shouldn't have. It's gotta go. The things that are holding us back, the fear, depression, any of those roots. And the Lord's here today say, It needs to go, and I wanna do it. It's not it's not of who you are. That is not your true lineage. And his love is just here to pour out on you today. And he just wants to break things off. And I just want to give you a little, a little picture of what he gave me, which just is going to probably make me cry and break down again. So I'm looking, and uh, Genesis singing the first song. And it's about, you know, being in the womb. And, of course, you know, I'm thinking about this child that's on the way. And the Lord's putting these examples of if your child was, and I'm like, I'm like yeah, I'd run after him. Yeah, I'd do this. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, just without a doubt, yes, I would chase after. Him. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I would scoop my child up and say, no, this, this is what's better for you that's not for you come on you're a king you're a queen this is what's for you yeah and I'm like okay and he's like why is that and I said well that that's part of me that that little child there, there's part of me and there's part of Sarah that's in that child it's good and he's like well isn't aren't you the same he's like you're my image I breathe my life my breath into you come on yes so I said yeah he's like I'm chasing you the same way he's like let go and he just he wants to free you up so if, if there's if there's depression anxiety fear anything that's holding you back you need healing if you're in an impossible situation you need a miracle he's, he's he runs a monopoly he's the only person in the miracle business <laughs> so come up and get prayer get freed up
0: that's good all right so yeah go ahead Diana. i just want
2: to share this as well it's great how God is isn't he that he speaks to one and speaks to another and it's all the same thing Uh, two Saturdays Saturdays ago in our Saturday morning prayer we were praying and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and it was a word for the church here and I wrote it in my journal and I didn't know when I was going to release it but I realize it's this morning and this is what the Lord spoke to me it's from Psalm 24 and it says this who may ascend the mountain of the Lord who may stand in his holy place The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who just does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. And this is what the Lord said to me, there's a blessing coming. It's coming to light, church, and it's an outpouring of my spirit beyond what any of them have ever experienced before. And the key to receiving the blessing is a consecration of one's own heart. We're in a season when Jeremy stood up and said, he was gonna talk about preparation, I didn't know what he was speaking on this morning. This is what God is doing. He's speaking, he spoke to Joshua. We heard it in all the songs Jenna chose. That's the Holy Spirit. He wants us to consecrate ourselves now and I believe there's an anointing right here, right now, that whatever has hindered you, whatever voices, whatever has been that thing that Jeremy says, it's kind of attached itself to you and you found yourself dragging it along and you don't want it anymore today is your day. Now is your moment. As you consecrate yourself, as you say to the Lord, I will not partner with that anymore. I choose to meditate on your promises. I will receive what you have, and I will wait patiently for it for the Lord. There is a blessing and a vindication that is for you this morning. So let's just pray right now. Everyone just reach to the Lord right now. Father God, corporately, we just say thank you that you have decreed there is a blessing for us Thank you, God, that there is an outpouring. And when Jeremy talked about that harvest, it's coming, and it's coming soon. And it's going to be bigger than any of us can imagine, and we're not going to be able to contain it. And we thank you, Lord, and every one of us says, I want in, God. I want that for me. So, Father, I offer my heart to you right now. Collectively, we offer our hearts to you. And we say, purify us, God. We choose to walk through the preparation. We choose right now to speak to those things. I want you right now in your mind, if there are obstacles or if there's voices or if there's thoughts that you have partnered with. It can be, no one cares about me. It can be, I'm always going to struggle with this. It can be, maybe I've missed it. Whatever those voices are telling you, I want you in your heart right now to say, in the name of Jesus, I break my partnership with you. In Jesus' name, we decree a breaking, a breaking off right now, in the name of Jesus, of every lie and every hindrance, everything that does not belong. Father, I release right now in the name of Jesus a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the true knowledge of you. I release the spirit of truth over your people today. Father, we consecrate our hearts. We purify them. We say, Father, wash us and cleanse us today. We leave everything at the cross. We leave everything at your feet this morning, and we open ourselves, and we say we will look to the future with expectancy and hope. Spirit of despair, you get off your people right now in Jesus' name. I release a hope and a life and a confidence of God's blessing coming in the name of Jesus we praise your name Father God we praise your name we praise your name let's give them a thanks right now we thank you Jesus we praise your name Jesus we put our trust in you Jesus we turn from our weaknesses and we look to your strength Lord Jesus I just want to say this if you want prayer If there's more that you want done, we have a prayer team. This is the prayer team who prayed for our friend Terry, our new friend Terry, and she got healed. Whatever it is, God wants to touch you. Come forward. Don't walk out and not get what God wants to give you this morning.